And I always tell myself, hey, if we were able to get past like the bubonic plague and the Black Death and all that stuff, and, and, and we made it past and we're still here with all this modern technology and science we have nowadays, we should be able to do this, right? Hey everybody, it's Vince or Ben, whatever you want to call me, back here with the Metal Sucks Quarantine Cast, where we talk to musicians in their homes, because everybody is home right now. Everybody hopefully is doing the right thing and staying home. Obviously, here in the States, we have a massive problem of people who do not do the right thing and are making it way worse for everyone. Probably not going to see touring for a very long time, folks. It sucks but that's just how it is. So today on the Quarantine Cast, we have an old friend, Dirk Verburen of Megadeth, uh, formerly Soilwork and Scarve, and uh, his his grind project, Bent C. So Dirk, you, uh, you're one of these guys who seems like you just need to stay busy all the time. So like something like this happens where, where you're at home, you're like, cool, time to get to work. Let's, let's do some stuff. So, so for you, uh, it seems like that, that was Bent C this time, which is, which is a project that's been going for a very long time. So tell us sort of about where the uh, genesis, at least for this round, you know, how this album, or I guess it's, uh, what do you call it, the Instagrind singles, how this whole uh, thing came about and what you've been doing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, first off, correct observation. You know, I see a lot of people who are like, oh, no, we have to stay home. And I'm like, yeah, I get to stay home. You know? <laughs> <laughs> totally. I, I feel I just it, man. Love, I just love being home and working on music and being with my wife and my pets. And, you know, it's great. So, I mean, of course, you know, I wish the state of the world was different. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, but yeah the, the, the Instagram idea kind of came from um, I've been writing a lot of music for Ben C the past few years. I have a lot that's in the pipeline and some of it is taking some time to get together Obviously, you know, uh, Shane Embry from Napalm Death plays bass on most of the stuff. Sven from Aborted uh, sings on most of the stuff, and they're, they've both been really busy. So in the meantime, while that stuff is in the pipeline, I was like, well, here I am with some extra time. I have ideas. I'm just going to keep writing music and see where it goes. And so I decided to, instead of putting, telling those guys, hey, remember those 35 songs I sent you? I got 10 more. Instead of doing that, I decided to just like reach out to some different people, some friends I've made over the years, some people I look up to, especially, you know, in, in this genre of music uh, and, and, you know, or just, or just people that I've met through the years touring and stuff and be like, Hey, you want to sing on this song? Hey, want to play bass on this song, et cetera, and just see where it goes. And that's kind of where, you know, the Instagram idea came from like a way to make grindcore in quarantine times. For sure. Now that, did I hear you correctly in that you have 35 songs in the can just ready to go? Yeah, those so those I wrote the past couple of years before all this happened, right? So I have an album's worth of material and then a bunch of extra stuff that I'm intending to use for, you know, EPs, maybe some split releases, whatever kind of happens. Because I, I love that about, you know, the underground style um, of music and, and grindcore in particular. Of course, everybody knows about the split singles and stuff. And that's been something that I've loved since I got to know this kind of music and grew up with it. So I love to be a part of that. I don't really want Ben C, you know, obviously it's going to be, you know, I'm doing it so I can't not be associated with it, but I don't want it to be seen as some kind of like all-star super group kind of thing, because it's really, for me, a personal expression of the music I grew up listening to and loving, you know, along with, of course, thrash and death metal and black metal and, and all that stuff. But 
grind to me has has a special place in my heart. And so it's just about the music for me and, and doing some cool stuff. You know? Yeah, for sure. So you had these 35 songs and that sounds like that's been tabled for the future. But these songs that you're writing these fresh right now. So yeah. we, we've already gotten, uh, pardon me if I missed anything, but I just remember seeing the one single and what's the plan for, for the rest? Yeah, so I started off with, with the one with, uh, the first one was actually with Athenar from Midnight on Vocals. And then the second one, which you're mentioning, um, had uh, Petri from uh, Feastum on vocals and, and Jesper, formerly of Nossum and, and Burst on bass. And I have a bunch more songs and a bunch more guests coming. So I'm not going to reveal them yet because part of the idea is for it to be a surprise. But there's there's a lot of cool guests. And, and, and I'm really trying to just, you know, the whole idea behind Ben C has always been uh, what happens in the moment. So the way I create the music is is spontaneous. So usually I sit down, since I'm a drummer first and foremost, I sit down and I just record some song structure on drums. And then I usually let that sit for a bit. You know, I'll have a bunch of them. Then I'll go back to them, pick one out, like that speaks to me that day or whatever, pick up the guitar and start riffing to it. And then, you know, sometimes the structure just works. Other times as I'm working on the guitar, maybe I'll move things around on the drums or I'll go back and re-record some bits because it just leads somewhere else. But the whole process is very organic. It's very spontaneous. I don't sit there and think too much about it. I just kind of let it come out the way it comes out because that's something that um, with modern productions and with, you know, a lot of the bands I've worked with, you can't really do that because it's, you know, it's it's this whole like process that goes in certain steps where you get together, you write songs, then you structure them, then pre-produce, then you go into studios, this whole elaborate thing. And so I kind of wanted to step away from that with Ben C and just be like, you know, write a song, get it finished, release it the next day. You know, well, and that's and plus kinda... you got no other egos in the room. You can do whatever you want. Nobody can tell you that sucks. Change that part. I want a guitar Very solo true. here. None of that. It's just whatever you want. Very true. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm, and I and I tell this to the people I um, I asked to be a part of it as well. Like people like Shane and Sven, I'm just like, here's the ideas, but have fun with it. You know, I'll write the lyrics, but Sven, if you want to change something or do this differently, go ahead. Shane, you want to play the bass how you want it, go ahead. Have fun, you know, because I want everybody to have that same kind of spontaneous input and, and put themselves into it. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Well, that's great. I mean, it seems like you're going to have a bunch of time to put out as many Bentsy Instagram singles or uh, or albums or like box sets as you want cuz uh, you know, I think we're we're in this for the long haul here. So you're uh, you're in LA now, is that right? That's where you've lived that's for right. for quite a while, right? So yeah. um so now we've seen some things on the internet that Megadeth are recording their next album. Um, and I believe what I saw was that Dave Ellefson went to Nashville, I think, to participate in. I'm not sure whether it was the writing or the recording. Uh, were you involved in, in those sessions? Yeah. So what happened is um, in basically last year, um, you know, I'll, I'll go back a little bit to that. We got together for about three months in the summer to work on a bunch of demos we had and put down some new ideas. And that was the whole band. So we were for three months together in Nashville in a house, just working on music. Okay. The stuff away for, we had to cancel all our shows the rest of that year. So you could just really focus on getting better, doing the treatment, healing, resting, you know, that needed to be done. And then the plan was obviously to finish that up earlier this year and get the album out and tour, but then the pandemic happened. So what we decided to do is just focus on the record. So as soon as it was possible to, kind of safely travel you know at this time i'm talking a few months back tennessee didn't have a lot of cases where where dave mustaine lives so even though i was a little bit reluctant to travel but i decided to just make it a road trip so since i didn't want to fly 
I just got a rental car, drove from LA to, to Nashville, spent about 10 days there recording the drum tracks for the record. Uh, David at the same time was there doing the bass, so we got that done. And then uh, and now uh, Dave Mustaine is working on the on the guitars. So and I assume Kiko is in Europe currently because he went to see his uh, his uh, wife's family and stuff in Europe after our last tour in February and kind of got stuck there. Mm-hmm. So as soon as he can come back to the states, as traveling is you know opening up hopefully soon, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, he's gonna come and and record his guitar part. So that's where we're at. That makes sense. Yeah, I would imagine that uh, Dave Mustaine is being pretty cautious because he has just recovered from this potentially life-threatening illness, you know, like being extremely cautious with who's in the room, who's in the studio, so on and so forth. So like, sounds like everyone's kind of just recording their parts in isolation. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we did get together in a, in a studio, um, at Blackbird Studios in Nashville to do the drum and bass tracking, and Dave was also there, but we were all very cautious the whole time, and we made sure that, you know, if anybody felt anything whatsoever, you know, they wouldn't show up. I mean, it was pretty much a closed session. So so it was all set up for, you know, of course, to to, to be especially cautious around him, but just in general. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you, like me, you know, have been observing all, the strictest rules you possibly can. Uh, I don't go out without a mask. Like, I, I you know, I mean, it's it's yeah. a time where you just have to do what's right. For sure. Absolutely. And uh, thank you for that. You know, thank everybody who, who does that. Um, that like well, one thing that kind of struck me is, you know, Megadeth are a band that have obviously been around a very long time and sort of approached this album the uh, the quote unquote old school way of, you know, getting people in the room and doing it. Now, you know, like reading this in the headlines, like I think it was Ellison was talking about it. And I'm thinking like, man, like Dirk's recording, you know, grind demos in his bedroom and like, you know, like couldn't he just like do it locally or like, you know, like find some studio or something like did that ever cross your mind or or like, you know, did you think that no like I have to be there in the room and you know I guess probably Dave is sort of the conductor slash producer even if there's you know an official producer there um so you know what what was that thought process like I mean we definitely discussed the option of you know doing it remotely but Dave is not a fan of that he's never really worked that way he's co-producing the album with Chris Rakestraw who also uh worked on Dystopia and yeah, like you said, Dave is a little bit of the 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 you know the conductor of the orchestra in the room, so he's not like this annoying presence at all. He's more just very involved with everything that's happening at the right time. So, as as an example, when we were uh, doing the drum tracking, it's not like he was sitting there watching me play every beat because sometimes he'd have other things that he had to go do. But you know, as soon as I'd laid something down, hey, Dave. The song is ready. We did some takes. Come check it out. What do you think? Then he'd come in and he'd give, you know, great feedback. Like sometimes he'd be like, this is awesome. Keeper, you know, other times he'd be like, hey, how about you try this here? He just he has a great vision, you know, obviously of Megadeth, as, as we can all imagine. It's really something that's so close to his heart that he's so intimately familiar with every little detail of what everybody's played on each album through, throughout the years. And so he knows exactly what works and what doesn't. And and in that sense, you know, as much as I was like, oh, for safety reasons, it might be better if I record here and we discussed it. But at the same time, it makes more sense for just the way this band has been in its entire existence to do it together. So we made it work. Yeah, good. Well, it sounds like probably it'll probably be before 2021 or it won't be until 2021 until we hear that record. Most likely, it sounds like. Yeah, I'm guessing, you know, the, the way things are looking now, <laughs> I think it would be it would be utopia to hope anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, now, you know, 
Dave is somebody who's very outspoken. Uh, you know, do you and he ever get into it, like when it comes to political issues or or anything like that? You know, it's kind of like politics and religion is something you don't discuss with your friends and family and bandmates. You know, unless you know, in certain situations, it could work if it's somebody that you're like, okay, we can we can have this talk. For some people, it can work, but in general, when it comes to Megadeth, I just kind of keep that stuff to myself. He keeps his stuff to himself. We don't bug each other with that because we're four very different people. We each have our own kind of you know worldview, and and uh, so no, that's not something that that's usually on the table, you know, because I think it's just better. It's kind of like a marriage, you know. Bands often get compared to. To, uh, to a relationship and it's true in a way you spend a lot of time together you just make the best of it and we're there to make good music you know and I, and I actually appreciate the fact that Dave has also been you know like for example when when uh when we won the Grammy for dystopia back in uh, 2017 I believe that was or yeah or 2018 I can't remember now anyway um you know we we once we accepted the Grammy and stuff we were taken to a big room with a bunch of press and they were all asking questions. And somebody asked a question about politics and Dave just said, look, I'm not here to talk about that right now. You know, this is not about my personal politics. This is about Megadeth and the music. And and I appreciate that because he can put messages, whatever he wants in the music. That's fine. That's his own expression. But it doesn't need to be something that, you know, we're all constantly full on discussing. For sure. Yeah. Uh, well, let, let's shift gears a little bit to, uh, you know, more of what you're doing uh, and sort of looking the long term now to, you know, we're sitting here, we're chatting. We both agree. Most people agree. There's not going to be any touring in the U.S. at least. Uh, definitely this year. Who knows early next year? Maybe like maybe there will be a vaccine, but maybe people there won't be enough or people won't get it. Or, you know, there's so many unknowns right now. So as we sit here, most likely you will not be touring uh, probably for the next nine months at least, let's say. You know, I know there has been some discussion in, in Europe uh, about maybe some touring in the spring. I've seen some tours have been announced. Um, you know, you don't have to say whether there's plans for Megadeth for that. But just speaking for you personally, what are you going to do in the next nine months? You know, like this is a long time for a working musician to be out of work, basically. You know, so like how are you situated to, to deal with this? Well, that's that's the tough question, right? And I think a lot of us are kind of still in the process of figuring out the answer to that. Uh, for me, I'm fortunate in the sense that um, I've developed a good um, kind of you know system with between drum session work, drum students, um, just work that I do on my own, you know, to kind of keep things together. Of course, right now all those things are fluctuating a little bit because a lot of people are struggling with various things in their lives, whether it's work, finances, you know, health, you name it. So so even those things are a little bit less stable than, than they would be in a normal time. But this being said, so far, it's been able to, to sustain us and, 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 you know, make things work. So uh, we had some projects like my wife and I are actually um, working on opening a studio here in Hollywood called uh, Northwood Sound Studios, which had been something we were hoping to do this year. Obviously, a lot of that has been pushed back now as well, but we're still working on doing what we can to, to move ahead with that project. And and it's really just a little bit of month by month right now, to be honest with you. You know, it's a little bit of let's see what happens. Let's see what comes up. You know, what what can we do, really? Because you can't really, like you said, tours, in my opinion, 
if we do anything early 2021, it'll be, wow, that's like best case scenario. You know, I'm more seeing like summer 2021 as a more reasonable expectation. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, the next year, I'm not going to be on the road. So the only thing I can really do is, is use this time to work on a bunch of other stuff that I usually don't have time when I'm to do when I'm on the road. Like, for example, you know, I've been working a lot on expanding my drum lessons organizing those, making them better. I'm going to work on a, a new series of drum lesson videos. It's things like that, things where I have to put in the work in the front end to hopefully benefit from that down the line because this is the time to do it. And that's kind of my take on, on this. It's like when you're given all this, you know, this free time and this situation that's just unique, hopefully once in a lifetime for all of us, you just got to make the best of it. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 from what I hear... Uh, even given all the financial difficulties that people are experiencing, it sounds like the online lesson business is pretty good right now. Uh, has that been your experience? Are you pretty booked up with students? And uh, like you mentioned, you're filming a new series as well. But, uh, you know, just from the perspective of what you're what you're selling now, is that going pretty well? Yeah, it's going pretty well. I think the, the good thing about a lot of people being at home is there's it creates time for them to do these things as well. So and uh, and I think. Uh, probably a number of people are shifting probably permanently to working from home. We've we've heard a lot about how certain businesses are now realizing that, hey, maybe it's not so bad to have a number of our employees actually work from home. It's the, pro the productivity is there. You know, it's actually people are maybe even happier in some cases. Maybe if they have young children or whatever, they can spend more time with them, less time commuting. So I think that shift is also beneficial to a lot of online things, including online lessons. So yeah, that stuff is going well. I'm fortunate too that I have some really loyal students for the past years that uh, that have followed me through all this and that are still, you know, taking the lessons with me. A few in person. I've recently started doing in person ones again in my uh, in my rehearsal room, making it really safe and clean, and obviously wearing masks and stuff. So you know, those things fortunately are are still here. And uh, and but but again, it's it's really a month by month thing. And I can't tell you, you know, maybe in three months I'll be like, ah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's um, buckle up for sure. Now, I know uh, you mentioned your wife earlier uh, for those listeners and viewers who don't know. Dirk's wife, Hannah, is a metal photographer. So very, very, very involved in the scene. Um, and she's in the same situation. She doesn't work unless there's tours and shows happening. Uh, you know, so how is she doing? She's doing well. She she has this book project that she's been working on. So fortunately, now she's had some time to focus on that because obviously no shows, no tours, no live photography, you know, that that's all gone. Uh, mm -hmm. She's been able to do a couple of shoots here and there, uh, but, uh, but it's definitely been slower for her. So again, it's a situation of adapt and survive. It's a situation of, okay, what can I do with this time? How can I make up for this? Which projects, especially, you know, was I kind of like pushing off or not really be able to focus on because I'm just too busy. Now is the time to do those projects. So that's kind of been her her discussion with me has been about that. Like, let's make the best of this and let's get some other stuff out of the way so that because what we all know is by the time touring kicks back in, it's going to be like 
every single band on the planet is going to yeah. be on tour at the same time. <laughs> and every single metal fan is going to be buying like, you know, 20 concert tickets. So it's going to be total madness. And none of us are going to have time for any of this yeah. stuff. Are, are they? Though? So, I don't well, know. Like, I feel like your your first part of what you said, I agree with. Every band is going to want a tour. But the second part, I'm not so sure. Like 20, you know, everyone's going to be buying 20 concerts. Like, I don't know. I kind of think people are going to be a little hesitant and scared to go back, you know, and I think they might choose carefully which shows they go to and let you know i mean i don't know we're all just speculating here but i think it's yeah. going to kind of have to be a gradual re-easing back into the the concert mindset yeah you're probably right about that i kind of omitted the uh the, the health thing there and and it's true that you know i i'm more imagining the scenario where okay like everybody's had their vaccine or whatever the solution is going to be to this, whether there's a medicine that makes it so that, you know, people don't at least die from this, uh, whatever it's going to be. I'm kind of imagining that scenario, but yeah, you're right. That's probably going to be very gradual. Um, and, and, you know, and I don't encourage people at all to do crazy things right now. I think, you know, everybody should just be extra safe. If you have the luxury of being able to stay home, stay home if you can, because your situation just doesn't allow it be super safe. You know, I know a few people who have to go to work, it's it's that or they can't survive um and 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 i talk with them and they're all being super careful and you know taking extra precautions so but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see man i mean the, the funny thing is you know which which i'm sure you've you've read too but humanity's been through this a number of times and i always tell myself hey if we were able to get past like the bubonic plague and the black death and all that stuff and 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 we made it past and we're still here with all this modern technology and science we have nowadays, we should be able to do this, right? <laughs> we should, yes. That that's the key. We should. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, one would think, but unfortunately, it's just become so politicized that you know we seem unable collectively to get out of our own way, and it's just it's hard to watch. It's it's very hard to watch. It's it's tough to watch people who, you know, now you're seeing more and more examples of people who are like in the hospital saying like, oh, man, I thought this was a hoax. I messed up. Even people dying, you know, yeah. and it's sad that it has to come to that for certain populations or, or groups of people to come to the realization that, you know, maybe you should believe science. You know, science is not, you know, forcing itself onto anybody. It's just it's crazy that we even have to are. say that, like believe science, yeah. like what? Like, like this, like five years ago, having this conversation that that wouldn't have been part of the conversation. You, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, it's just, it's insane that we're even having to say that. It's just, it it's is. just, it's so frustrating. Like, I don't even know where to go with that thought because it's just like, <laughs> That's the end of the conversation, you know? Yeah, just... yeah, pretty much. I, I hear you, man. I mean, my dad was a, a, a pharmaceutical researcher, so I grew up with science from the youngest age. And to me, it's never been a question, and, and it can't be, you know? It's just the way science works, where it's like you, you, you theorize about stuff, and only when stuff is proven, it becomes fact. It's just the only way that the world can make any rational sense. So for me, yeah, for there to be a discussion about it is just ludicrous. <laughs> yeah, uh, but but don't worry. Our fearless leader who uh, who knows better than everyone else is, you know, he, he knows. Don't worry. <laughs> exactly. He, he knows. Um, well, uh, thank you, Dirk, for joining us. Uh, always good to catch up with you. Sounds like you've got uh, a plan, at least, for, for the next year, which is good. And, you know, and certainly... Uh, you're you're in a good position, which I'm I'm happy to hear, and you know, and I hope that 
this whole industry can survive because it really is an unprecedented time. And I think it trickles down to every part of the industry from musicians, crew, photographers, uh, metal media, absolutely affected right there with you, labels, uh, merchandise, you know, everybody. Um, so yeah, yeah I booking, hope we can booking make agents, it. super tough time for them, yeah. you know, booking agents, like nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. Those guys are like, they're, you know, rebooking tours three times over. And I, I mean, I just like the amount of uncertainty is just, it's just gotta be so scary. Um, but, uh, yeah, thank you Dirk for joining us once again and, uh, good luck with everything and we'll see you soon. Thanks a lot, Ben. Take care, man. Stay All safe. Right. You too. Peace. Bye.